from Bakery Business Academy, welcome to the Kitchen Notes podcast, a show for bakers and food entrepreneurs who want to build profitable bakery businesses that make an impact in their communities. We're your hosts, Meg and Molly Sveck. Hello, my friends. Welcome back to another episode of Kitchen Notes. I'm recording this episode at the beginning of December, and it is we are in the thick in the thick of holiday planning. It's a busy time of the year. Uh, we're firing on all cylinders. Sales are rolling in this time of year. If you own a bakery, you know how that is. But uh, we're looking ahead to January, which for us here at our bakery is uh, typically a pretty slow month. So I thought this was a pretty timely episode um, to talk about PARs, setting your PARs, deciding how much product you should make. Um, this topic came up in our coaching group recently, and I also got a couple questions about it coming out of our Black Friday sale because we had several folks enroll in our production planning e-course. So this was kind of a hot topic, and when my sister Molly and I sat down this week to start our January planning, you know, the topic of revenue goals is obviously high on the list. Um, Like I said, for us, January is always a a slow month, like really slow. It's uh, between January and August. Those are probably our two slowest months of the year. So we're always trying to plan ahead, make sure we're ready to face this challenge, you know, head on. And this almost always means adjusting our staffing plans, doubling down on our marketing efforts, and of course, adjusting how much product we plan to produce. After years of doing this, we know this always happens every year. People are starting their diets in January, their wallets are closed up tight after all the holiday spending, and here in Chicago, it's also really dang cold, and a lot of people don't want to leave their house for anything when it's zero degrees outside with a foot of snow on the ground. So as a business owner, you need to be able to react to the changes in your sales patterns and adjust how much product you're producing. That's super important. Obviously, overproducing is going to lead to a lot of waste. Obviously not ideal since this basically means you're throwing money in the garbage can. But underproducing is also a lost opportunity. You could have made more sales had you only baked more product. Also, you know, turning away a paying customer always kind of rubs me the wrong way, something I try to avoid. I never want somebody to walk out the door unhappy, if if at all possible. Um, Gotta try to make your customers happy so that they keep coming back and keep buying from you. So this is... um, This is even more challenging for us as like a small or medium-sized bakery business in particular because our products, uh, bakery products, tend to be not only very labor-intensive to produce, they also have an incredibly short shelf life. So the stakes are high, mistakes can be costly, and in a matter of days, if you're not managing this process, you can easily waste hundreds or even thousands of dollars um, if you get it wrong. But on the flip side, if you haven't been in business for very long or you don't have a strong process in place for managing your production process, you might be feeling like, where do I even start with this? How much am I supposed to produce? I have no idea where to begin. So on today's episode, 
I wanted to share some tips on setting your PARs um, so that you can produce the correct amount of product and minimize waste and maximize your profits. So let's get into it. The first aspect of this that I want to talk about is knowing your market. It's really important that you understand traffic patterns at your shop. Um, if you are a far- producing just for like the Saturday weekend farmers markets, you want to understand or whatever day of it could be Saturday, it could be a Wednesday, whatever. You should need to understand a little bit about your market, how busy it is, what sales are like, what you can expect so that you can make an informed decision about how much product to produce. The market director can help you with that most likely if you ask them um, or you can speak to some of the other vendors, be friendly, say hello, and they may be also willing to share some information with you about that as well. If you have a retail store, um, you there's all sorts of ways you can research this. One of the first ones, someone actually suggested this on our coaching call recently, and it's a great idea, I've used this before as well, is understanding your peak times. And there's a tool in Google, if, if you like go to your internet browser and type in Google peak times, you can read a little more about how that works. But basically, and I'll put a link in the show notes as well, but basically Google can tell you like what are the busy days and busy times at your bakery. And that can be an input to how you set your PARs. You can also obviously use that info to get ideas for marketing promos or things you might do to increase traffic at slower times. So for example, like at our bakery at Spilt Milk, our PARs are set lower on our slow days. For us, this is typically like Tuesdays and Wednesdays. As we ease into the week, it's not as busy, but when we get toward the weekend, Friday, Saturday are two of our busiest days. We bake more products on those days. I also know that since a day like a Wednesday morning is typically slower, maybe that's a great day for me to do like a story time at the bakery or invite a mom's group to come in. They can use the space for like a breastfeeding support group or you can have like a craft circle come in and use the space um, to try to get drum up a little business during those slower times. But knowing your market and knowing these patterns, these traffic patterns at your bakery is going to help you make more informed, data-driven decisions about how much product to produce. Um, So once you have some information about what to, oh, the other thing I was going to say is also try to understand your neighborhood. What else is going on? Is there a big event happening in town on a certain day? Um, Is the street going to be closed on a certain day? We have... um, sometimes been surprised by like road construction and it will tank our sales. And if we weren't paying attention, we might uh, like do our normal, <laughs> There, there, there's one particular time I'm thinking of that we like did our normal Saturday bake off, baked a ton of product, anticipating a really busy Saturday and I got to work and the road was closed. And I was like, oh dear, <laughs> this is a big problem because people couldn't drive down the street to easily get to the bakery. So in in Chicago where there's 10 bakeries in a mile radius or whatever, they're just going to go to the next shop. So it's important for you to keep an eye on what's happening in your neighborhood and adjust your PARs accordingly. Same thing with like the weather. Keep an eye on the weather. 
inevitably like a rainy day is going to slow down sales or a really snowy day or a really, really, really hot day is going to impact your sales um, versus like a regular, beautiful, sunny, 65 degree day. You'll, your sales will probably be better than that like stormy, rainy, thunderstormy day. Um, so pay attention to what's going on in your neighborhood, what's going on with like road construction, what's going on with the weather and use those as inputs when you're doing, setting your, um, pars for, for the day. Um, when you're also, when you're going through this process, um, I would, especially if you have very little or maybe no data about like if you're just opening up or you're just starting out and you really have no idea where to begin, I would start low, um, be a little more conservative with how much product you plan to produce to avoid waste. And I also think that that kind of helps build a little bit of buzz if you do it the right way, because people are like, oh my gosh, you got to get there early. They sell out. Everything's baked fresh. Um, So I think it's okay to sell out, you know, within reason when you're first selling, um, if the alternative is making too much and wasting it. So I would rather sell out and then, you know, be able to ramp up my production and get better at that and meet the customer demand over time rather than producing way too much product out of the gate, having to throw so much away, wasting money and all that. So that's kind of a process of like training customer expectations, educating your customers on, you know, the the benefits and how nice it is that everything's baked fresh and um that's sort of like something you can work on in your marketing uh, to communicate your your bakery's like commitment to doing things fresh and always having that premium product. Um, you can also, if you're worried about like being surprised by a big group, one thing we try to do is ask folks to either order ahead or let us know if you're bringing in a big group. Like we, we especially at our old shop, we always had this group of guys who they were like biker like um racing they would do like cycling on the weekends like racing cycling and ride their bikes for you know 50 miles or whatever and then they would come to breakfast at the bakery afterwards I think a lot of places will have like running groups and stuff but when they first started doing this we were always we we would get surprised and we'd be like, oh my gosh, the bikers are here. And like 20 people would, 20 hungry bikers who just did like a 50 mile bike ride would descend on the bakery, uh, which is great, great for sales. But then we're sold out at 10 a.m. Not, ex- you know, unexpectedly. Um, so if folks can let you know that they're bringing in a big group, you can plan ahead and up your um, baking plan for that day. This is also kind of a process of inventory management. So you need to have a really clear understanding of the shelf life of your products um, and how the product is going to be packaged. Obviously, packaging your products a certain way could extend the shelf life, but that may also affect your branding. So maybe you don't want things um, packaged a certain way, even if it would extend the shelf life. For example, like I know some people will wrap their stuff, you know, when you go into like a coffee shop or something that might not be very busy, you'll see that like all the pastries are individually wrapped in, um, plastic wrap. And for some people that might be great. 
Other people might not prefer that aesthetic choice. So it's it's a decision you have to make about your product and how you want it represented and how that impacts the shelf life. Um, <clears throat> you also want to make sure you have a really strong FIFO system in place. So FIFO is like first in, first out, so that you're rotating the product properly and um, minimizing product spoilage as much as possible. So some products on your menu might have a longer shelf life where you maybe could sell them for two days or three days or perhaps even longer. Other items might be best consumed the day of and then after that day if they don't sell you're going to waste them. So we have certain items on our menu that if they don't sell that day we throw them away like our scones. Um, We don't save till the next day like our turnovers, our muffins. Anything that's like a smaller bakery item that could get like dry out, you know, gets kind of dry, gets it just it doesn't taste the same the next day versus other items. And you'll see this a lot in like cake bakeries or whatever. A cake can last several days in the display case. So just making sure you have like a mix of products and understanding what the shelf life is of those products and also having a strong FIFO system in place so that you can minimize any spoilage that might be happening. Um, But overall, you know, as I'm like talking through this, you can see that this really is um, sort of a real-time process, something you're going to need to be monitoring on a on a regular basis. And it's not it's not something you're going to like set it and forget it like you set your PARs once and then you don't come back to it for three months. This is you're going to be monitoring your sales data frequently. Um, I know we've talked about waste logs on the podcast before, but if you're not already keeping a waste log, I definitely encourage you to be tracking your waste somehow, whether it's informally, uh, just like on a spreadsheet, or whether you're capturing that data in your point of sale system somehow so that you can report on it. Whatever you're going to do, I think it's important to keep an eye on your waste logs so you can understand what products are selling well, what products aren't selling as well, and you can adjust your baking plans accordingly. Um, Also taking a look at your sales data to figure out what's sold really well. Maybe some items are selling out really early and other items might be, you know, sitting on the shelf all day long and not selling as well. So I would encourage you to make frequent adjustments, especially in the initial stages or as we go into these seasonal changes from like, you know, really, really busy Q4, like holiday time to sort of a slower January, February time. Make sure you're making those adjustments so that you're not caught off guard by a major change in sales patterns. Um, Another strategy that a lot of bakeries use with great success is doing multiple bakes throughout the day. Obviously, if you're doing the farmer's market, this really isn't going to work as well um, unless you have, you know, a team that you're working with who can like bake more on the fly and deliver it to you. A lot of a lot of folks won't, though, obviously, at the farmer's market. But if you have a retail store, you might consider doing um, like a second bake strategy if possible or have like um, uh, bakes that are coming out like these products come out by 8 a.m. These products come out by 10 a.m. These products come out by noon um, so that you can have more products coming out based on what's selling. We do something like this at our bakery. So we have our front of house team, you know, the bake off happens in the morning. 
We open at eight. We're busy usually for the first hour or two um, in the morning. And then around 10 a.m., we have our front of house team do sort of like a mid-morning inventory. They fill out this inventory sheet and then they hand it off to the baking team. And then the bakers can do a second bake if necessary, like baking more cookies or topping more pies or pulling more banana bread or whatever so that we still will have product available for the afternoon and the case still looks like really full and nice for that, you know, second crush of people around lunchtime or the after school crowd or whatever. So if that's possible for your crew, maybe consider adding a second bake or like a phased bake schedule throughout the day so that products can be coming out and then you can be adjusting how much product you're baking off in real time in order to you know, minimize your waste and maximize those sales opportunities. Um, one thing we go into more detail in the production course on is having your products ready to bake in the freezer so that you can quickly replenish. So we, do, we have some items like, for example, we always have key lime pie and chocolate cream like ready to be topped in the cooler or in the freezer ready to go. So the bakers, when they, it, like if we, if we run out of key lime pie, it's very easy for them to take it out, top with whipped cream, put the um, lime zest on and they're you know ready to go fairly quickly. It's not like they're baking the entire recipe from scratch. Um, and that's a strategy you might wanna think through as you get into more of like, um, you know, moving away from home baker to being more of a commercial baker, having some of those products ready to go is gonna help you manage this process as well. I also wanted to mention just here at the end before we wrap up, you might consider if you do find yourself end of the day with a ton of product, you can get creative with some of your promotions. A lot of places will do like BOGO sales in the afternoon. There's a really yummy bakery down the street from us. It's, it's more of like an old fashioned, um, you know, American style bakery. They'll often have their um, coffee cakes, which are uh, like unbelievably delicious. They'll often have them for like buy one, get one 50% off later in the day because they have excess product. So some, you'll see that sometimes at like donut shops or whatever. There's a bagel shop in town that does um, like day old, they, they package half a dozen of their day old bagels and they sell them for like $3 off or something the next day. So those can be successful promotions. So things aren't like a total waste for you, um, even if you still have product left over. So that's just an idea. I would also try to um, make sure you're really working with your front of house team to adapt, to, to teach them strategies to kind of like adapt their sales conversations with the customers based on what product is selling well. Like I'll sometimes say to the team, Hey guys, we've got 10 hand pies left here. Everybody's favorite snack is a hand pie for the next hour. We got to move these hand pies so that when customers come in and say things like, oh, what's good here? What do you recommend? If I've got 10 hand, first of all, I would stand behind any of my products. So I recommend all of it. But today, because I have so many of these, you know, you know what I mean? And you don't have to say that to the customer, but trying to train your staff to like keep an eye on what is moving well and what needs to um, maybe be talked about a little bit more with customers so that they can um, move the product properly. So a well-trained staff can kind of contribute to that smoother operation 
and helping you stay on top of your, um, your inventory management. So I hope this is helpful if you are, you know, wondering how we make decisions about how much product to produce or if you're needing help with this process. I hope this was helpful. If you have any questions or want to continue the conversation, please pop by our free Facebook group or feel free to shoot me an email. I love hearing from you guys um, if these episodes are resonating with you and we will see you next time. Thanks for listening to this episode of Kitchen Notes. We hope you enjoyed it. Please be sure to subscribe to the podcast on your favorite podcasting platform so that you can listen in again next week. And if you appreciated the show, jump over to iTunes and give us a rating or review. It really helps make it possible for us to continue sharing helpful bakery content with you all. And for more information about starting and running a profitable bakery business, visit bakerybusinessacademy.com. Talk to you next week.